Welcome to worship from Jessup First United Methodist Church. I'm Rebecca Duke Barton, one of your preachers. My husband and co-pastor Garth is here to read the scripture from Matthew 13 in just a moment if you want to go ahead and find your place in your Bible. We've been reading parables from Matthew this fall as Jesus teaches us about the kingdom of heaven. Each week we've looked at one parable and learned what Jesus has to say about forgiveness, grace, and spreading the gospel. For our grand finale for this series, we have not one parable, but six. In Matthew 13, Jesus gives us six short parables to think about. John Wesley wrote in his commentary on Matthew that these parables are for the fruitful. Some of the other ones have been for those who are in opposition to Jesus, but these are for people who are already in the kingdom and to talk about what God wants for us. We've got mustard seeds and yeast. We have a treasure hidden in a field and a pearl of great price. We have a great catch of fish and household treasures. As we end this series, it's going to be a little bit like the grand finale of a fireworks show. We have six parables coming to us all at once, and through them we catch a glimpse of the kingdom. Let's listen as Garth reads to us from Matthew 13, beginning at verse 31. Matthew 13, beginning with the 31st verse. He, being Jesus, put before them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed that someone took and sowed in his field. It is the smallest of all the seeds, but when it has grown, it is the greatest of shrubs and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air come and make nests in its branches. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed in with three measures of flour until all of it was leavened. Jesus told the crowds all these things in parables. Without a parable, he told them nothing. This was to fulfill what had been spoken through the prophet. I will open my mouth to speak in parables. I will proclaim what has been hidden from the foundation of the world. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which someone found and hid. Then, in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls. On finding one pearl of great value, he went and sold all that he had and bought it. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was thrown into the sea and caught fish of every kind. When it was full, they drew it ashore, sat down, and put the good into baskets, but threw out the bad. So it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come and separate the evil from the righteous and throw them into the furnace of fire where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Have you understood all this? They answered, Yes. And he said to them, Therefore, every scribe who has been trained for the kingdom of heaven is like the master of a house who brings out his treasure, what is new and what is old. When Jesus had finished these parables, he left that place. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Garth. We used to have a hobo supper at our church in Richmond Hill every October 31st. A supper where everyone brings a can of something and you throw it into a pot together and make it into a soup. We normally came as Bible characters, so of course I'd come as Rebecca. Then one year, they decided we could come as storybook characters, so I was Rebecca of Sunnybrook Farm. My name lends itself to costumes. My friend Michael Finn, who, by the way, is also a preacher, 
came that year as Huckleberry Finn. You see the connection? Have any of you ever read Huckleberry Finn? It's a Mark Twain novel. Huck and Tom Sawyer are best friends, and they are both characters. They're always up to something, always trying to sail along the Mississippi River, sometimes trying to figure out how to get out of work, sometimes up to things that are unbecoming of a gentleman. If you haven't read the book, maybe you've at least been to Tom Sawyer Island at Disney. So in the book, Miss Watson is part in charge of Huck Finn. And so she's trying to convince Huck to be good by telling him that his reward for being good will be going to heaven. She described it as a place that angels played harps all day long for all eternity. Huck listened to Miss Watson for a while and then asked, Do you reckon Tom Sawyer is going to be there? Miss Watson snorted and said, Most certainly not. Huck replied, Well, I don't believe I want to go either. Me and Tom go everywhere together. Uh, amazingly, Miss Watson had managed to describe the kingdom of heaven in such a way that Huck didn't care about being a part of it. But instead, why don't we turn to Jesus? In parable after parable, he helps us to see that the kingdom of heaven is really this wonderful place that we do want to be a part of. I'll tell you what. I think if Huck Finn could hear Jesus describe it, he'd want to go too. Matthew has these short parables arranged in pairs for us in Matthew chapter 13. And so we're going to take two at a time and see what Jesus is telling us. The first set of parables describes the kingdom of God as being like a mustard seed or like a yeast that a woman would use to bake into a bread. These teach us that the kingdom of God starts small but grows large. In the beginning, you almost can't see it. It's like a tiny mustard seed or a tiny bit of yeast. It's not always bright and flashy. You can't see it working and growing. But Jesus assures us that the kingdom is at work. Slowly sometimes, like the way a seed becomes a bush or a bit of yeast puffs up into a loaf of bread. That's good news for the times when it feels like we've prayed and prayed and we can't see where God is answering prayers. God is at work. The kingdom is growing. Caroline Lewis in Working Preacher says, Jesus spends so much time explaining the kingdom of heaven because we need to be reminded that it's there even when it seems so excruciatingly absent. The promise of all the parables about the kingdom of heaven is that even when the kingdom is not seen, it's near. The thing about the yeast in the kingdom of heaven is once you put the yeast in, you can't take it back out. It changes the nature of the flower that it's in. The kingdom changes us. In the parable of the mustard seed, the kingdom of heaven starts small but grows into a large bush. It becomes a welcoming place for birds to make their nests. It's supplying needs. It's a home. 
The annual meeting of United Women in Faith of the South Georgia Conference was yesterday at Wesley Community Centers in Savannah, and several women from Jessup First went. Wesley Community Centers is one of the agencies that we support right there in downtown Savannah. They have a program for children six weeks old to four years old with wraparound programs for the families. She told us about the boy coming each day with wet clothes. He was getting a rash from wearing wet things. Well, it turns out his family lived in a shelter and his mom was doing her best to keep clean clothes every day, but she'd wash them in the sink and they weren't dry yet the next day. So Wesley Community Centers invited her to come and use their washing machine and dryer so that she could provide her son with clean clothes. We heard about the grandmother raising her four-year-old grandson and encountering the teachers who cared and how that made such a difference. She could see a change in his attitude. He came telling her that they needed to wash their hands and brush their teeth every day. That was good news to the grandmother. We heard about the family with two young children. The mom is in dialysis several days a week and the dad is a barber and, and so he works and he's trying to keep everything going and get his kids to the right place at school and get his wife to dialysis and they needed help. And so Wesley Community Centers was able to help the family. The director of Wesley, Tammy Mixon Calderon, told us that sometimes the way God works isn't flashy. It's a kind word a bag of food, and a washing machine. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. Our next set of parables are about finding a treasure and a pearl. The kingdom of heaven may be small and hidden, but it is valuable. As Delmer Chilton points out, the purpose of these stories is not so much the surprise of finding treasures, but the wholehearted response of the farmhand and the pearl merchant. When they found their treasure, they gave everything for it. The farmhand just stumbled upon his treasure, but he hid it away until he could buy the field. In his joy, Jesus tells us he sold everything to have it, and he bought the whole field. That tells us something about the way we accept the kingdom of God in our lives. He bought the whole field. He ate the whole enchilada. The whole thing was worth it for him. The merchant, in contrast, was on a search for pearls. He had found some. He must have opened a lot of dull-looking oyster shells. But then he found one that was spectacular, and he had the same response. He sold all that he had so that he could have that pearl. These two parables point to the wholehearted response that the kingdom of God calls for. It's worth giving up everything else for. I think that's why Moses, having received the Ten Commandments, asked God for more. Show me your glory. Moses wanted all of God, his full presence, his full glory. He couldn't get enough. That's how we are when we've truly met Jesus. We found the treasure worth giving up everything else for. We found the pearl that is worth more than anything. And everything else pales in comparison 
It's so true. Everything else pales in comparison to the glory of Christ. It's why we worship, because nothing else compares to the King of kings and the Lord of lords and the heir of all things and the lily of the valley and the bright and morning star. I can't say enough things about who Jesus is and the glory that he has. He is the pearl of great price. This isn't Miss Watson's vision of the kingdom that Huck Finn didn't want anything to do with. It is so breathtaking and earth-shattering to be in the presence of the glory of God. As Kenneth Tanner says in Strangely Warmed, when God gives us Christ, he gives us everything else. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, which someone found and hid. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. It's funny about the story of Huck Finn and Miss Watson. She managed to describe heaven in such a way that Huck didn't want to go, which makes you think she never really saw the glory of God. She missed it somehow. She was busy judging Huck and Tom. All the while, she owned another person and treated him terribly. That's the character Jim in the book. Lord, help us with the slaveholders who couldn't see the sin in their own lives and how much evil they were carrying. Meanwhile, another character in the book known as the widow gave Huck a whole different vision of the kingdom. She'd wash his clothes when he came in muddy. She treated him with care and respect. And she described providence in such a way that Huck concluded that there must be two the widow's version and Miss Watson's version. Which brings us to the third set of parables. In the parable of the fish, Jesus tells us that the kingdom of heaven is like a net that catches every kind of fish, but the fish are not sorted out until the fishing is all done. And then when the boat is brought to shore and the entire catch is in, then the fisherman opens up the net and sorts the fish, disposing of the bad fish and keeping the good ones. It's a similar story to the parable of the wheat and the tares, which is also in Matthew 13, where the farmer lets the weeds grow up beside the wheat because you can't properly tell the difference between the wheat and the weeds when they're growing. Jesus is telling us that when it comes to the kingdom, we're not the best judges of who's in and who's out. It's not our job. Our view of the kingdom is too limited. We've got too much of Miss Watson in us. We can't always see things as they are. We're just going to have to let God be in charge of the kingdom and remember that it's God's kingdom and not ours. Jesus finishes this section with one more parable. Those who have been trained about the kingdom of heaven show off their treasures, old and new. In revealing the kingdom of heaven, Jesus brings together the wisdom of God passed down through the ages, the revelation of his glory to Moses, the words of the prophets, where all that was hidden from the foundation of the world will be revealed. He brings all the hope of the ancients together. But then he also brings the newness of what he's bringing in, the treasure that we seek, the pearl of great price that is Jesus. Pulling them together, we begin to see what God is doing. 
God is faithful to his covenant while making a new one written on our hearts. He's showing part of his glory to Moses and revealing his full glory through his son. The kingdom of heaven is like the master of a household who brings out his treasure, what is new and what is old. The mix of today's parables are a little bit like the pot of stew at the hobo supper. Jesus has given us a little bit of everything. We've gotten some direction about taking everyone in and letting God sort them out. We've heard that the kingdom starts small and grows large. We've rejoiced that the kingdom is worth giving our all. All together, it makes a good stew. We've got a glorious vision of the kingdom of God. And unlike Huck Finn, I want to be part of it. Don't you? Our scripture for today ends with this thought. When Jesus had finished the parables, he left that place. We've finished our study of the parables for now, and we're going somewhere else next week too. But as we leave this place, may we know that in Jesus, the kingdom of heaven has come near. May the kingdom take root in you and grow. May Jesus be near to you, beloveds. Go out in joy, and may the peace of Christ go with you.